Welcome to the Heart to Biz podcast, the show for people to share their heart behind what they do. Be reminded why you started and discover what keeps you going. Here's Laurel and Shasta. Hi, I'm Shasta. And I'm Laurel. And on this episode of Heart to Biz, we have two amazing people who are doing so much for our community. Thank you so much for being here with us, Luis and Christy. Hi, thank you. Thank you for inviting us. Yes, they're they're with Absolute Compassion Hospice, and they are doing so much. Yeah, so really, thank you for being on the show. And I want to start off by asking you, so so people can understand, what is hospice and what does your company actually do? Because everybody has their own ideas. Unless you've gone through it, it's tough to really understand what hospice can provide. Uh, Well, yeah, I mean, this is true. I mean, people who have not been through any type of hospice experience, they, you hear that word and you think, oh my gosh, my, my loved one's gonna, gonna pass tomorrow. I mean, people don't really understand that, that hospice is truly for, um, six months or more. Um, when, when a, when a physician looks at one of their patients and says, goodness, I don't know if, if my patient's going to be around for the end of the summer, that's when they start looking at, um, maybe we should start talking about hospice. And um, what the thing that Luis and I do is educate on what hospice actually is. Um, so we can get, take the fear out of it because there's a lot of fear. They think um, that means hospice means giving up. Yeah. Um, and re- really, you know, hospice is, you know, the individual, the individual care plan. And we work whether that person lives at home, in an assisted community, an assisted living community, a skilled nursing community, wherever they live, hospice is going to come to them, which I think is one of the the fears because people don't, oh, I don't want to go. I don't want to go to a hospice house or I don't want to go. Sorry, guys. (laughs) Um, Adding to what Chrissy was actually saying, uh, (laughs) adding to what Chrissy was saying, it is true. I actually come from the Latino, you know, the Latino community. So a lot of the people who I've talked to, they think of hospice as death. And in reality, it's not really just that. It's actually caring for the person, making sure that the person's comfortable, your family member is comfortable during this entire time, during this issue with with their illnesses and during the time that they're with us. Um, part of it too is people actually can graduate from hospice. People can actually get better. Usually what happens is there's so, so many medications going on together and sometimes medication A contradicts medication B and then they do nothing. So when hospice jumps in, it is a team of people. It is a team of social workers, nurses, doctors, um, home health aides, a whole bunch of people who are going to be taking over not just your medical, but also your spiritual and your self as a person, as a whole person. And part of it too is making sure that their medications are also being cleaned for comfort. And when that happens, quite some people actually end up getting better, which is very surprising in a good way. Like people do get better because everything got cleared and everything got um, tightened up a little bit, pretty much. I think, I think yeah, to, to piggyback on what Luis is saying, yeah. And also not just medications is a huge part of it, but, you know, um, also um, all the in, all the individualized attention from all of our different team members. And Luis had mentioned when, you know, and what I like to talk about with the families so they get a better understanding. Uh, Luis, I don't have a circle, hospice circle of care right in front of me. I don't know if you do, but it's it's a nice visual. 
and it's called the Hospice Circle of Care. And what it and what it does is it talks about all of our team members, starting with our medical director. What is the medical director's role, and what do they do? And the next on the list is the RN case manager, and that's the nurse that's going to be coming to you to care for you, keeping in touch with the medical director, making sure that all of your needs are met, and most importantly, you're comfortable. Yeah. And you know, a lot of families mention, you know, gosh, I don't want my my loved one to be over medicated. We want them to be lucid, and of course, if we can if we can make that happen, um, we that's the goal, you know. And and we work with the the family and the assisted living if they're in one and um, and our team. So it's kind of, if you think about it, it's, it's hospice team and family team predominantly. And then also if it's an assisted living or skilled nursing board and care, we consider that as part of the team as well. So we're all working together for the best interest of the, the folks that we're serving. Oh, go ahead. I always think about it though as, as dignity, right? Yeah. yeah. And the end of life being as, uh, what do you call it? As, um, as beautiful as possible, right? Yeah. Being able yeah. to have talk about because uh, you guys have social workers too who can talk about healing wounds and families, right. getting everybody a chance to um, come to terms with it. And um, again, it's all about dignity and comfort and care, right? And yeah. um, and when you're you know all, a lot of times all the doctors is treating is the illness, not the person, right? And and the person oftentimes. They're, you know, they, let's say, let's just take, for example, if it's somebody who's, um, has some type of cancer, right. And they've been on chemo for a long time and they're, um, they're just not interested in doing that anymore because of the way they feel. And a lot of times it's quality versus quantity. And if we can help have them comfortable at home, it's their decision. Hey, I would rather not do this anymore. And, um, I, I know my family, you know, and, and I want, I just want my family around me. I want the support of the hospice team. And you had mentioned, we talked about the medical director, the RN case manager, Laurel, you mentioned the social worker. We also have a spiritual, uh, a spiritual guidance person provider, um, our chaplain, and they're really whatever you would like them to be. They're not necessarily affiliated with any type of religion. They are just there for, for spiritual support. Um, and, you know, I, I say all the time to my, to my, um, especially to like folks in assisted living, when they're looking, they're like, gosh, we've seen, you know, this, this, resident of ours is really starting to decline and starting to struggle a lot. And they're going in back and forth to the hospital all the time. I talk about, let's talk to the family about giving them the gift of hospice. And, you know, basically what that means is it's, it's, you know, we, we really have to, I mean, because eventually it's hospice, right? So they're, they're going to pass at some time, but how does that, how does that passing look to you? Um, I like to, you know, to be quite blunt, hospice provides a good death, you know, we're there to support you, to keep you comfortable, to bring all of our team in, like Luis had mentioned earlier, um, and, and, and be there to, to provide all of those psychosocial needs, not only for you, but also your family as well. And also hospice follows the family for 12 minutes after, or 12 minutes, <laughs> 12, uh, 12 months after, 13 months actually after someone's passing, because we want to make sure we're, we're with you and, and following up with you when those milestones, is this going to be the first Christmas, the first Mother's Day, the first Father's Day, and how that feels for the family. And we want to make sure that we're providing support for them on that front as well. And Luis, how do you go about navigating all of these assumptions that people have about hospice, where they, they 
don't even want to hear what you have to say because they already have their own idea of what they think you're going to say. And that happens to us too yeah. in our field. So I'm just curious of how you navigate that um, in your work environment and in the community. That's a, that's a great question. And actually, in my case personally, especially talking with families, and I've talked to a few neighbors as well, and they'll say the same thing. Oh, it's just death. Well, no, in reality, is you, you got to talk about everything else. It's like, are you prepared for that time too when that period happens? And if it happens to you as well. So it's all about educating the person. It's just about educating them and seeing, let's say that they say, oh, it's just death. I don't want to talk about it because it does become some sort of taboo. And when in reality, it shouldn't. And when in reality, we should be talking and embracing it more and be prepared for that part of in our lives as well. What I do is I try to talk about it as the other side and I mean what I mean by the other side I mean like death I mean I try to bring it in other ways such as okay are you ready with life insurance are you ready with um, funeral arrangements for yourself so what's going to happen let's say their parents what's going to happen when you pass away when you're gone what's your family taking care of how are they taking care of you how are they being do they know what to do when it comes to you and your health who is going to be helping you and this is how I cannot plant those little seeds for them to be able to think about their situation. And then they actually are more open to talk about it. If you just say, oh, this is hospice, this is what, what it does. Well, no, actually it does quite a lot. It's actually including other partners. It's also bringing other resources that are needed in order for the person to be able to be treated, for the person to be able to be taken care of, but also the family. The family is the main concern in a way and family is the one who benefits from this as well just for the fact that they're they don't have to worry about their mom being in pain or their dad being in pain they're, they don't have to worry about oh my god like what am I gonna do I can I give him any like you know morphine or any other medications well you have the hospice you have this group of people who are going to be able to help you so in order for you to breathe a little bit and in order to ensure that your mom or your dad or your loved one is being taken care of. And as a parent, you, you want to make sure that your kids are being taken care of and they don't have to worry about you. Right. So that's another way to bring it up too, is are you talking as a parent for with your, let's, I'm not even talking about, okay, let's say you're a dad, but if you're a, a dad yourself and you're taking care of your dad, but you also got a son or a, or a daughter, are you, have you ensured yourself that this daughter or son is going to be taking care of you? So I try to bring it in another point of view instead of just saying, oh, this is that, this is what hospice is. I believe we can all learn from what you just did right there because see you brought up this idea of empathy right you you put yourself in their shoes and you understand okay if this isn't working for them um explaining it then i'm going to explain it a little bit differently and i've seen laurel do that too constantly because when people hear the word investor they they get all these thoughts in their head and then laurel's like no it's about your situation it's it's more than just your house it's about your next step in life and um so yeah it's it's really really it's 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 inspiring that you have taken something that could be hard and you've turned it into making it all about that person and their family and their situation and in reality for this type of industry that i believe this this is how it should be and this is what Absolute compassion is all about. It's all about bringing compassion to the families, about having that empathy for them and having the care, because in reality, we are providing care. And how can we bring care without empathy, without compassion to the family? 
You know, and I find that some people don't realize there's resources available to them. I know, especially, you know, I hate to say it, but in our world, women get a lot of the care of the family. That's true. And, you know, they're trying to take care of their own children. They're trying to take care of their parents. They're trying to work. But and they've been fighting so long through this illness many times mm -hmm. with their loved one that they don't realize that a hospice can bring a lot of resources to bear, not only to make life better, but also to make the lives of the caretakers in those people's lives better. And it's huge, you know, and, um, and it, you know, obviously there's a financial part of this. Mm -hmm. um, can you guys explain how that, how, how this works financially um, and, you know, like the financial side of this, how that works. And um, then we'll go back into kind of, we'll ask about you guys and how you got into this. <laughs> uh, okay. So, so yeah, so uh, hospice is covered by the Medicare hospice benefit. So if you have Medicare, you know, some folks don't. So it gets, it gets a little, little dicier in that situation. So I'm just going to stick to, you know, the basic, the Medicare hospice benefit. And a lot of times families don't realize, especially some families that have been struggling financially, that hospice is going, once your loved one moves to the, from regular Medicare to the Medicare hospice benefit, what it's going to cover is all of the costs, everything to do with hospice is covered. Should that mean um, the medication that's related to the hospice diagnosis, that's going to be covered. Any of the equipment that you may need. So maybe you don't need a hospital bed right now or oxygen right now. You may just need your medications covered. But going forward, when those things come up, the hospice team will notice that the nurse particularly will say, gosh, you know, I think that this, this hospital bed here would make it, would make life so much easier for your loved one. Let's get that ordered in and bring it in. Oftentimes um, if they're coming home from like a hospital uh, being discharged from the hospital, we will make sure the equipment is there, whatever that they decide they need the the, the equipment will be there waiting for them when they arrive. Um, and I think that that's really helpful for families because Gosh, you know, you just, if you've never, if you've never had any experience with hospice, all of these things, you know, and the financial portion is usually one of the first questions. And once they, once they realize, oh my gosh, this, this is going to be covered, then it's, you know, ah, oh, that's one, mm -hmm. two, one yeah. load off their plate, right? And then we can, we can move to, okay, now let's look at what's next. This is who's going to be caring for you and then all of that kind of good stuff that we already sort of talked about. One other thing about it too is when it comes to the medications and having, you know, the weight out of, out of their shoulders, they don't have, the families don't have to go pick up the medications anymore. They actually get okay. dropped off into their houses as well. Mm -hmm. They don't have to go to a pharmacy. They don't have to make that 30 minute line. They don't have to do anything else. Everything it's taken care of by us, by, by the team, by the hospice overall. So that is another extra, those extra 10, 15, 20, even an hour, you know, minutes, like 60 minutes of, of their time, they can actually spend either for themselves, you know, because I, I am a very big advocate on self-care mm -hmm. or it can also be spent with their family members as well. So at least they don't have to worry about having to take those extra 30 minutes to go pick up those medications. They can spend it with their families. They can spend it with their loved ones. They can spend it in anything else that they want to do. And that's, an, that's one less trip that sometimes mm -hmm. is out of the way for, for the families that they have to do. 
that's part of the gift. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, I, and I like to say, you know, when I'm having the conversation with the families, a lot of times they are very, um, they're kind of doing it because they're forced to. Someone at the hospital mentioned you need to speak with hospice and they're kind of, you know, like this and closed off and they don't want to talk about it. And you see, particularly the financial portion of it, once we cover that, okay, so I'm opening up a little bit. And then, you know, it's really, the hospice is going to come in and take care of everything behind the scenes for you. All your, all your responsibility is now is to be with your loved one and other family, you know, whatever you need to do to take care of them. We're going to work on all the medication portion of it, what, whether or not they still need this medication or we're looking at maybe, you know, this might be more detrimental to them right now and let our hospice team, particularly our medical director, make those decisions and they just get to be family, which is, which is huge for some people because caregivers have had this it's a lot when, you know, when you're, when you're caring for someone and family dynamics come into it. And if they just can focus on their loved one and not have to worry about the rest of the stuff anymore, that's one thing that's, that's part of the gift of hospice. <laughs> and one other major thing to do too, is less trips to the hospitals. If they're yeah. in assisted living facilities or also in, in, you know, in their homes, there's less trips to the hospitals because we'll have a medical professional being there to take care of the person at home or at their facility, wherever they are. And more comfort. You know, there's going to be less yeah. bed sores, less infections. You know, right. when somebody's really ill, urinary tract infection can be devastating. All yes. that is going to be managed better by professional people than, than family members, right? I mean, it's just yeah. the truth, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and a lot of the decisions to... are going to be made ahead. So you have a plan. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a huge portion of it is it's not just the hospice team. I think this is something else that folks don't realize. The hospice team doesn't come in and say, oh, we're taking away this and we're, you know, taking away all your medications and we're putting you on morphine. You know, I mean, that's a huge misconception, right? Um, we really truly work with the families. The, you know, the, the nurse will come and do the admission. She'll look at the medication sheet. She will go over it with the medical director and we will, and with the family, the decision will be made. Here's what we're seeing. This is what maybe going forward in another few months, we may not need this medication anymore, blah, blah, blah. You know, so it, it's not just, we come in and completely take over again. It's hospice team, family team. That's very important. We work together for the comfort of your loved one. And we, you know, I like to say, you know, the family's the captain of the ship, right? So whatever they say, if it's within reason, of course, we want to try and make that happen for their loved one, whatever the case may be. And it could be like Luis had mentioned earlier, or maybe it was Laurel that, you know, Hey, maybe you had a rift with, you know, uncle Johnny that lives in Tennessee 20 years ago, and you'd really love to see see him or, or sort of mend that fence, if you will, bef you know, before you pass on. So, and we can help with those kinds of things too. And that's part of bringing comfort to that individual, yeah. because that could be a huge thing that, you know, they, they really want to take care of before they move on. So love that. And it's so clear that you guys have a heart for this. Not anybody can do a job like this. Um, it takes a certain mindset and a certain heart to do so. So what inspired um, both of you to get into um, this industry and to put your heart and soul into everything you're doing with absolute compassion? And we'll start with um, Luis first. Well, in my case, I come from a Latino community. In, I, I'm actually born in Mexico, right? I, I'm, born, I'm from Cancun, Mexico, which everyone loves it because it's Cancun. I know it's the beach and everything. <laughs> However, I was raised in the poor side. I was raised and I saw the lack of 
services and resources. There, in Mexico, there was no food banks. There's no mental health services for free. There's nothing that you could truly say it's free services for you at all. And the fact that I was able to move to the, to the US, I received DACA and I was able to work and able to provide that extra resource and that extra help for, for the communities and especially the, need, the most needed communities. That's why I'm here. I actually started working as soon as I was able to, I started working in a nonprofit. I started working with the National Alliance for Mental Illness and then I ended up working with a labor center. And just during this COVID times, I was working with a food bank. So I try to put myself in a place where I can help families and I can help everyone who needs it. If I could, I will be opening up quite a few nonprofits right now, not just here, but in Mexico, um, because that's, that's what my passion is. I, want, I just want to be able to become a resource for families, for the community, and just be there for people. How about you, um, Hi, can you hear me? Oh, okay. Sorry. For some reason, I thought I was radio silent for a minute. Um, you know, it's kind of interesting. I, when I, so I had a friend that recommended me for, I was in pharmaceutical sales for, I don't know, 15 years or something like that. And I had a friend that said, you know, I want you to talk to um, someone who's hiring for, for hospice. I think you'd be a good fit. And they said hospice to me. And I went, God, that sounds awful and depressing. And I don't, I don't <laughs> want to do that every day. I mean, really, I mean, I, I never even really gave it. I had been through end of life with family members, but I hadn't looked at the, the like the, the being an educator or a resource to people. It hadn't really occurred to me at that time. So I went in and I talked to this gentleman who gave me my first opportunity in hospice. And, you know, after talking to him, I thought, wow, this is, this is pretty awesome. And, you know, I've been in, I've been in hospice now for 10 years and I love it. I, I really do. I mean, the, my, it sounds odd, but literally my favorite thing in my day is if I go get to help a family who is struggling with the decision of, you know, making an end of life decision for their loved one. And what does that look like? If I can at least provide them with the, the, the tools to make a good decision, meaning if I can have that conversation, tell them about the financial piece, tell them about the hospice circle of care, and just give them all the tools they need to make the, the decision that they need to make for themselves and their loved one. That's just such a great day for me. <laughs> um, so be, and then like Luis had said, you know, just literally being a resource to the community. So it's not just for families, but also in our board and cares and our assisted livings. It's like, what, what can I do to help you guys help your residents and family? Can I bring education in? Can we do, you know, what can we do? And I don't know what that looks like sometimes, but you know, we work together to figure, oh, we need this education. Let's, let's provide that. So that's kind of, that's where, where my passion lies is just, really truly being able to educate physicians, the, you know, the community in general, whatever I can do to help with that, bring more, bring more awareness to what hospice really is and take the yeah. stigma away from it just being the last week, but right before you die, you know? And, and I gotta say, adding to what Chris said, it's, it's just, yes, like it can take a toll on you if you don't take care of yourself when it comes to, because <laughs> you're literally talking about death pretty much almost every day. You're making sure that people are being taken care of. You're making sure that others are being supported and they're comfortable. So one of the main things too is also taking care of ourselves. And this is why I say I'm a big advocate on this because it is it does take a toll. It does take us. It, it's a lot of stress, yes, but it's also very rewarding. It's also when you see the person happy, con content with. 
the resources and the choices they made. And just when you get those letters saying, thank you, thanks to you mm-hmm. and your team, we were able to ensure that my that my family member didn't have to didn't suffer. Those are those are like the motivational things that moves you into doing this more and keep going every single day. Yeah. Yep. I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> and I know, I mean, you know, we belong to the Elder Services Network and um, uh, and some of the other um, community based uh, re- outreach. Um, programs. And I, and I know you guys are active in those, always advocating for hospice. And, you know, it's really, really inspiring to see that. Um, you know, we're, we're kind of getting close to the end of our time. I just want to give you each an opportunity to kind of say anything that you want. The uh, other, pro- you know, this is a heart to biz professional, something that you want to share to other professionals who are operating out of their heart, um, and uh, things that you do to keep yourself up or anything else you would like them to, you know, you want to contribute to other business professionals? You know, I really think um, the, like things like the Elder Services Network and, um, you know, the Accent Care um, Breakfasts and um, the OAC, different things like that, the, you know, just coming together as a community, um, as individuals that are all caring for the seniors in our community and really truly having their best interests, that is so helpful. And j- just being with like-minded people and and being able, you know, I've got a, a few folks in the industry that if I'm having a rough day or, you know, I'm having a hard time finding the right services, you know, I just straight reach out to my my folks and I'm able to, um, you know, talk with them, get my my cup refilled, you know what I mean? My my cup refreshed by by their loveliness and their nature and and get their advice and opinions on things. And I mean, and the self-care, of course, you know, I go home to my my son and my dogs and my mom, and it's that makes life all good. <laughs> but you know, truly on a daily basis in, in the when when it when in the work mode, um, the support of my own team at absolute compassion, Luis and I. Um, I think work very well together and I think we're very supportive of one another and can tell, oh, do you need to talk for a minute? You, you know, it seems like you're, you know, you're, you might have to, you know, at least a little bit today, <laughs> things like that, you know, and then everybody, like I said, on our team at Absolute Compassion, I mean, I can go to them and talk with them as well, particularly if we're struggling with um, an individual uh, patient that we have. So that's kind of, that's kind of how I do it. <laughs> and in my case, I just want to say to the everyone else who may be watching who also works in this industry thank you because i have mm-hmm. learned a lot from you um thank you for doing what you do for having the right heart in, to do this for having that compassion that i wish everyone in the world would ha- actually have and for keep doing this and for keep fighting and advocating for families for advocating for your residents if you're in assisted living facilities for advocating for the community overall and you guys do also inspire me. So I look forward to obviously partnering with everyone, get, getting to connect with everyone, but also just thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, we want to say thank you guys for so much for everything that you do in our community and for the seniors. And also thank you for taking the time out of your day to be on our podcast and to share your heart. Thank you. It was well, definitely an honor. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It was an honor and a privilege to be with you guys today. Thank you so much for inviting us to do this. This is this is awesome. I can't wait to listen to some of the other podcasts with some of the other folks. I, and, you know, when we're starting up a kind of a uh, networking group uh, as for the fans of the show, too. So, you know, reach out to Shasta mm-hmm. if you guys want to be part of that or anybody else um, who's watching the podcast really is about the Sacramento community, um, smaller businesses working together, or even some large businesses with a heart 
to forward our community, our clients, and um, you know, especially our elders. So really, thank you guys for being on the podcast and starting our 2022 year <laughs> off right. Yes, you guys rock. If you guys want to learn more about them, I'll have some information in the description down below. And join us next Thursday for our brand new episode of Heart to Biz. Thank you for listening to the Heart to Biz podcast. For more information on past and upcoming episodes, please visit heart2biz.com.